truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for hopping on board the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. And so are you. Thank you for joining us. 888-933-93 is the number. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also email the program, steve at stevedace.com. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. We've got some buy, sell, or hold coming up for you uh, later on. In fact, that's going to begin at the bottom of this hour. Later in the show, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Uh, He will be taking us inside politics. One of the stories that's breaking right now. Right now, we're going to be talking about that in our overtime later today. Our friends at the Babylon Bee, otherwise known as Where I Want to Work When I Grow Up, they're, they're clearly drawing blood. Clearly. They're making a mark. Because they are the latest uh, site on the uh, what's left of America that the left America is attempting to platform, deplatform. We're going to be discussing that today in the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. If you want to watch that today, if you're not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash dace is how you can subscribe and get a discounted subscription. So you'll not just be able to watch that, uh, but you'll be able to watch every other uh, program that uh, is done exclusively by all of the talent here at Blaze TV each and every day. But that is another reminder that as we continue to descend into what we're kind of describing on this show as a cold civil war, just sort of uh, you know change out the U.S. and the Soviet Union from Todd and I's childhood to um, the left America versus the left, what's left of America. That's kind of where we're at right now. Um, and in the end, one of these worldviews is going to win and the other one is going to be squashed. It's just a matter of which one. There's, there's no accommodation here. Which is why when the opportunity presents itself for us to do business with people that are like-minded, we should take advantage of it. Nowadays, it's almost impossible to live without a mobile phone, and there's only one mobile phone company out there that gives you all of the same coverage, all of the bigwigs do, but then they use some of the proceeds and profits that you generate for them to uh, defend and advance the causes that you also believe in. It's called Patriot Mobile. Uh, Veteran-led, the only conservative mobile phone company, they've raised about $2 million since 2015 uh, out of their profits for conservative causes around the country. If you want to now make the switch and they've got, you know, plans starting as low as $25 a month. So why wouldn't you? It's just as easy as going to their website, patriotmobile.com and use the promo code. Come on over all one word. Come on over, use that promo code, and you'll get a free month of service on any plan you choose. All right? A free month of service for any plan you choose at patriotmobile.com. Promo code, come on over. And now here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away, brought to you by Democrat Debate Number 2, Part 1. We must be a country that every day lives our values. And that means you, we Senator cannot Warren. make it just a crime when someone Thank comes you, Senator. here. Just to clarify, would you decriminalize yes. illegal border crossings? The point <clears throat> is not about criminalization. Like, the minimum wage is just too low. And so-called conservative Christian senators right now in the Senate are blocking a bill to raise the minimum wage when scripture says that whoever oppresses the poor taunts their maker. Because climate change is an economic crisis. It's a public health crisis. It's a 
crisis. It threatens our universe. We don't have more than 10 years to get this right. And we won't meet that challenge with half steps or half measures or only half the country. We've got to bring everyone in. On the Medicare for all, the hospitals will save substantial sums of money because they're not going to be spending a fortune doing billing and the other bureaucratic things that they have to do today. I've done Second the of all, maybe you did that and made money off of health care, but our job is to run a nonprofit health care system. <laughs> furthermore, furthermore, when we say $500 billion a year by ending all of the incredible complexities that are driving every American crazy, trying to deal with the health insurance company, you, hospitals Senator. will be Thank better Congressman off. Congressman Delaney, I want to let you have a chance to respond. Listen, his math is wrong. That's all I'm saying. That his math is wrong. It's been well documented that if all the bills were paid at Medicare rate, which is specifically, I think it's in Section 1200 of their bill, then many hospitals in this country would close. I've been going around rural America, and I ask rural hospital administrators one question. If all your bills were paid at the Medicare rate last year, what would happen? And they all look at me and say, we would close. But the question is, why do we have to be so extreme? Why can't we just give everyone health care as a right and allow them to have choice? Thank I'm you, starting to think this is so, not about health care. This is an anti-private sector. To point of clarification, in 15 Thanks. extra seconds, would you raise taxes on the middle class to pay for Medicare for all, uh, offset obviously by the elimination of insurance premiums? Yes or no? Costs will go up for billionaires and go up for corporations. For middle class families, costs, total costs will go down. Again, I, I think if we're going to force Americans to make these radical changes, they're not going to go along. You, throw your hands up. But you, oh, no. you haven't... Imp- <laughs> The entire conversation that we're having here tonight, if you think any of this wonkiness is going to deal with this dark psychic force of the collectivized hatred that this president is bringing up in this country, then I'm afraid that the Democrats are going to see some very dark days. We need to say it like it is. It's bigger than Flint. It's all over this country. It's particularly people of color. It's particularly people who do not have the money to fight back. And if the Democrats don't start saying it, then why would those people feel that they're there for us? And if those people don't feel it, they won't vote for us. And And now learning Spanish today. Today's phrase is Democratic nominee Marianne Williamson. Nominada Democrata Marianne Williamson. And now this. We've got some new data that's out recently that measures some of these issues that came up where Democratic voters are, the folks who are going to vote in the primary versus where general election voters are. There are some interesting divides here. This question of Medicare for all without private insurance. That was a major part of this debate tonight. You see Democratic voters, more than two to one support this. 64% support, 31% oppose. Ask the same question to all Americans. General election voters, the folks who vote in November, very different story. 41% say it's a good idea. A majority, 54% say it's a bad idea. How about this one? How about decriminalizing border crossings? That obviously came up again tonight as it did the first debate. Democrats are split on this question. 45 support, 47 opposed. How about all voters, general election voters, overwhelming opposition on that, 27-66. Another issue you heard about, this is national health insurance. Should there be a program that makes it available to undocumented immigrants? Again, among Democrats, basically two to one support for that proposition, 60 to 32. Among general election voters, complete opposite. And one more that came up late in the night, that question of reparations payments amongst Democrats, 46 support, 40% say bad idea. Among all voters, again, 27-62. 
22. In other news, a Baltimore City Councilman joined Tucker Carlson the other night. The key question, which is, why have two mayors resigned? What happened to the money? Why is the murder rate higher than almost every country on the planet? Um, What is the core problem in Baltimore, do you think? The murder rate comes from 400 years of structural racism, which leads to poverty, which leads to uh, inadequate education, which leads to crime and now mental health for 400 years. The popular satirical website, The Babylon Bee, has retained a law firm to represent them after the so-called fact-checking website, Snopes, recently questioned whether the Babylon Bee should even be considered as satire. Since the Babylon Bee's complaints, Snopes has changed their tune, heavily editing their so-called fact-check on the Bee. The artist, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, says he wants to be a mom with his girlfriend, Sophia Hutchins. For those of you keeping score at home, Caitlyn Jenner, a dude, is pretending to be a woman so he can be a lesbian who are attracted to other women. And finally, Fox 45 in Baltimore was recently doing some coverage of President Trump's criticisms of the city as being rat-infested when this happened. Now, we spoke with uh, many people today who say the president should consider coming here to Baltimore, to the Sandtown area, and taking a look at things for himself. And that's what happened while we were away. That's freaking cosmic, okay? I mean... A rat photobombing camera crew. <laughs> there are powers at work here beyond our control, and they have a sense of humor. Aaron's Montage brought to you today by our friends at Relief Factor, a product that uh, I am a believer and a daily user of. 100% drug-free, though it is created by physicians who can prescribe drugs. Tired of prescribing drugs just to treat symptoms from chronic pain and inflammation in the body. They wanted to devise a formula that would unleash the body's God-given ability to push back against inflammation. And that's the four key ingredients in Relief Factor. You know, before I came to work here, I'd appear on shows as guests and I'd, I'd hear Blaze personalities talking about how great this was. I'm like, is it really? Is it really that good? Because I'm getting older and the recovery time after workouts, soreness when I get up in the morning, things of that nature, far more prevalent than they used to be. And and then I tried it for myself and I'm all in. I, I would recommend this very highly. And for a dollar a day to get the starter kit for three weeks, 20 bucks to see if you can start seeing results. What do you have to lose for a dollar a day? Just go to relieffactor.com. Maybe you finally have the pain to lose. Relieffactor.com. Take advantage of the starter kit at relieffactor.com. So, let me follow this. Bruce Jenner became a woman, was a man who liked women, and then thought that he had been given the wrong desires and identity after 60 years on this earth. So he changed to a woman so that then he could go back to liking women as he did when he was a man. Am I, am I, is, is that, is that the, the train of thought here? The, yes. the ACLU approves as well. Yeah. I, I think there's a really simple explanation. I mean, he was, he was blinded by science. Well, I think the simple explanation is women are hot. 
but he had that right the oh, first time yeah. when his name was Bruce, yeah. right? Usually, guys, usually go with like your first assumption, right? I mean, isn't that kind of a, a rule in life is to kind of go with your your gut? Your initial, his initial gut for 60 years were, women are hot. And then he got up one day and thought, you know, I'm, I need to become one. And now he's kind of back where he started in a way. Um, anybody again want to debate me that this is mental illness and in no way, shape, or form should we as a movement be promoting this in any packaging whatsoever? Anybody want to debate that with me again? That this is, this is pure, unadulterated mental illness. I mean, one of their websites, Pink News, is tweeting out this morning whether or not period products, and they, and they don't mean like they're studying the Renaissance, okay? Whether like menstrual products are too gender specific. And again, can, this is not a mental illness, convince me. Uh, you can't. <laughs> because that's exactly what it is, as this uh, behavior from um, Jenner uh, is, is, is clearly proof of. But I want to I want to spend the majority of our time here in this segment talking about last night's Democratic debate. So I, I I think I can boil this down and do a series of statements, and then I'm going to let you guys tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay. There are no moderates. I, I even saw people whose opinions we greatly esteem and respect on this show in our industry. Referring to this as, you know, uh, John Delaney and Amy Klobuchar, the moderates, there, there are no. Don't grant them their Overton window premises. I, I, what, the Mensheviks were the moderates in, uh, in St. Petersburg Square, the winter of 1918. Were the Mensheviks the moderates, do you think, Todd? Who's the moderates? When the Mensheviks and the Bolsheviks pour into St. Peter's Square and, and raise the black flag and start slitting throats, who are the moderates? We, we, not everything has to be defined as, as binary. Okay, there, there were no moderates on that stage last night. That's point number one. There were no moderates. Point number two. There were, however, a couple of adults, actual adults, people who believe all the same crazy worldview assumptions of, of the known crazies, but haven't lost their damn minds yet. Right? Now, no, their souls are gone, but they haven't lost their damn mind yet. And so they're like, you know, we still have to be able to sell this to people. You know, we got to win votes. We, we you know, we, we can't have, yeah, Hillary won by about, you know, a little more than 2 million votes in, in, in terms of popular votes in 2016. But her entire victory margin was made up almost exclusively from the state of California. So, you know, we... We, we got to win some voters back. You know, we, we had 33 counties in a state like Iowa that voted for Barack Obama twice and turned around and voted for Donald Trump. So, you know, we got to go back. We got to go back to lying to people. The way, that's what he's really, that's what they, that's what they really mean. We got to go back to lying to people about this stuff the way we used to, you know, so we can get the camel's nose under the tent here. Sneak the Trojan horse past the city gate. We can't just flat out tell people what, you know, we're saying in our secret handshake meetings. We got to, we got to, you know, we got to practice a little skullduggery here. So there was a couple of adults. Nobody knows who they are. They got annihilated and destroyed by um, the, the wacko birds 
let's resurrect that term, uh, that are open about their Che Guevara desires. Look at you and your affinity for John McCain there. Yeah, did you like that? Yes. Uh, it, and um, they got, they got cr- trampled underfoot by them um, because they're at least being honest that their worldview is in direct opposition to reality. Right? Like if John Delaney really wanted to have that fight with Bernie Sanders, if he really wanted to win it, when Sanders talked about, well, I know I was in the nonprofit sector while you were making money in hosp- off of hospitals, you'd have looked at him and said, because Trump will do this. You mean like your your three houses, Bernie? Totally agree. Okay. Yep. And and shoved that so far down his throat, he would have crapped his drawers without a depends right there on the stage. You'd have, you'd have seen it seeping out the back end down his pants. All right. So so there were no moderates. Number one, no moderates. No moderates. That's a lie. No moderates. Number two. There were a couple of people who thought we got we got to at least be adults about this. We we just we can't sell this to people as an open package. They won't buy. They were absolutely annihilated by the people who recognized, namely Sanders and Warren, that they're at war with reality itself. They want to reshape reality and believe that they can. You know that whole you be like oh thing. Okay. And then there was one woman on the stage who was the most honest of them, of them all, that in indeed they are peddling a, reli- a rival religion to the Judeo Christian foundation that established, built, and maintained America. And that they are indeed a cult. And that this is a rival religion. And if you are on the outside of it, then you represent the forces of darkness. Okay. She was the most honest character of them all. That is what occurred last night. If you if you think I've gone off the deep end with the whole left America, left of left what's left of America, I present to you the clip from MSNBC's own polling. And and as I've as I've pointed out to you in the past, the networks are pretty good, even the even the really biased ones are are pretty good. Doesn't mean they're dead on, but they're at least usually in the ballpark when it comes to horse race polling. For now, that may change. You know, the further we descend into civil war, I could just see flat out, you know. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren's going to beat Trump 91 to 9. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, total depravity says we could eventually get there, but we're not there yet. Their, their track record when it comes to horse race polling is actually pretty good. It's the issue polling. You've heard me always say this, right guys? It's the issue polling. Don't trust them because they always frame the questions that they ask people according to their own arguments. And so like the last issue in that poll, using terms like undocumented immigrants, if they if they if if the number of their own samplers got back is that two thirds of Americans are against giving free health care to undocumented immigrants, by the way, they frame the question in the most the most favorable way possible to, to towards yep. their own bias. Imagine what you think the numbers would be if if somebody called them up and said, "What do you think about you paying for the health care of illegal aliens and MSN, MS thirteen gang members?" What do you think the polling on that one is? Do you think another ten points maybe? Okay, so there's a handicap in all their issue polling because of the way they frame the issues. It's always by their own premises, the most favorable narrative possible. And they're still getting those numbers back from the American people. Like on the Medicare for all. Suppose you frame the question, um, do you want to have the same coverage your retired grandmother is frustrated with currently? What do you think the polling on that might be? Because they're, they're, they're 13 points upside down when they just ask it straight up. What do you think they might be if they asked it that way? Raise your hand if your grandparents love their Medicare. 
They think it's great, no bureaucracy, no issues, getting all the coverage and the quality of doctors and everything they want. So that's another country, which you saw on that stage last night, and their own data after it was over. For goodness sakes, they turned CNN, except when Don Lemon came on, they turned CNN into journalists for a night. Jake Tapper and Dana Bash are almost, you can almost sense they're pleading with this panel. Do you guys realize that if you can't answer our questions about these cockamamie ideas you have, you have no shot when we bring in the rest of the country to watch? Almost like they're begging them. This was, Jake Tapper was almost Austin Powers last night. Throw me a freaking bone here. Give me some <laughs> realism, please. And then when it's over, their own HQ, their own network showed you're, uh, you're, you, you want to live in a different country than the rest of the country. So no moderates. Um, you had a couple of people who thought we needed to be adults about this. No one knows who they are. They got squashed. You had the people who everybody does know um, recognize doing the squashing because in the end they recognize we're at war with reality. We believe we can change reality. We're our own gods. And then you had one woman up there who said the truth. We're a cult. We're not a political ideology. We're a rival religious movement. And if you're, uh, if you're on the outside of the cult, you are a construct of the forces of darkness. That's your debate wrap. Gentlemen, the floor is yours. I totally give uh, Elizabeth Warren props uh, for tacking and tacking hard away from being a joke and totally giving herself in uh, to uh, the age that we speak about all the time because um, that's what people want. She's giving them the red meat. The red meat. She should actually go back uh, and remake her, her beer commercial with her husband, but do it with all that anger and crankiness, and it would totally uh, flip the script on that. The, the, and Bernie, the same thing. Uh, they just be, be angry uh be uh don't answer the, the the question that you're being asked every time they're asked a yes or no they just simply refuse to ask it because she's above that progressives are above the facts and which goes against the fact that uh they don't have to answer to reality they're trying to reshape reality and to it they don't it's also they're they're resentful of the facts steve uh about the statistics and what they show because they're trying to overcome that reality as well. Those are a bunch of bigots who think that way. We're trying to change their minds too. They get their party. The only chance anybody had is, like you said, for these no-names to become somebody by punching them in the mouth on stage and totally uh, drowning them in their hypocrisy. You saw the grin on Delaney's face when uh, 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 Bernie would not let him uh, uh, do that just by getting cranky. You saw uh, Hickenlooper just kind of throw up his arms, but he didn't pursue it any uh, further as well. You can't, you, I, I can't debate a tantrum. Yeah, so... Um, that because, I, I just, how do you debate because I want to? You, you just have to recognize the party for what it is, what they want, and who gave it to them. At the end of the day, Steve's analysis is absolutely correct. Yeah, I, I think there are there were... There were two, they were, uh, overall, there were two strategies that we saw last night. One is the classical Democrat liberal leftist strategy of attaching tons of emotion to an issue. 
even if that issue is a farce and they come at it from farcical um, from, from a farcical foundation or standpoint or viewpoint or basis. And that was everybody except for Marianne Williamson. And that's what you saw. It was unadulterated emotion, but attached to give yourself any issue, whatever issue was talked about. So that's one thing. The other tract was Marianne Wilson, which was just, or Williamson, I'm sorry, which was just unadulterated emotion. And that is the heart of, of progressivism. It is the id. It is the emotion. It was, you don't know what the heck she's talking about. But she is really charismatic and good grief. If you are a person who's guided by your emotions, you like that. You don't know why you like it, but you like it. And that was, I think that's exactly, I think she is exactly the figurehead of progressivism as a cult. Because it is just all feeling and emotion. And that's what we saw last night. It was emotion attached to issues, and it was just emotion. And she is really, really, really good at the latter. I mean, she's just flat out telling you we're the whore of Babylon. I mean, that's what she's telling yep. you. And then, and then, I mean, who led the? Who was? Who was the most by far? And it wasn't even close. Who was the most searched online? Now, of course, a good portion of that are going to be uh, rubberneckers, you know, conservative rubberneckers, yep. hate searching uh, the freak show. Right? Okay? So factor that in as a handicap into her overall score. But even if you took that away, said that was, you know, a third of, of her searches, she still far and away was the most searched last night. Why? Because the reality is you glom onto this ideology because you're seeking religious wholeness. Let me repeat that. You glom on to this political ideology precisely because you're seeking existential religious wholeness. Government is God. Your political ideology is the fervency of a religion. Bernie Sanders looks like, Bernie Sanders last night looked like John Lithgow's preacher character in Footloose when Kevin Bacon shows up at the city council. And, and actually starts reading out of the scriptures themselves how David danced. Uh, and he quotes the part where David dances when he unites the 12 tribes of Israel and says that uh, when, his, when his first wife, who was Saul's daughter, uh, who maybe she's got a little jealousy because, you know, uh, he, she, he supplanted her old man. And, and he, she's like, that's just so undignified. And David says, I'll become even more undignified than this, right? Kevin Bacon stands up and reads that part at the city council meeting in Footloose. And, and John Lithgow's character... The fundamentalist is just sitting up there. I, 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 I can't hear anything at all that doesn't affirm my narrative. I can't even tolerate it. Bernie Sanders is 90 years old almost. But in terms of his philosophy and the condition of his soul, he's a, he's, he's, he's a child. When I was a child, I thought and spoke as a child. When I became a man, I set aside childish things. What, in, in this context, what does Paul mean? What made you become a man? The realization that God is God, and you are not. That God is God, and you are not. That's the first step on a larger journey. Right there. Bernie Sanders is 40 years older than me. And he's never been able to come to grips with that, which is why, at his, even at his age, 
It's not even cantankerous. They're tantrums. He's a child. He's a child. And and you got an you got an inkling again last night of Donald Trump's secret sauce. There is no ideology with Donald Trump. And so it's not ideology at all. No one knows what Trump believes, starting with Trump on any given day. And, and, and it's some of his persona. Let's face it, there's a lot of people that just like seeing him put these folks in their place because they're tired of taking it from people like this. So there's, that's, that's part of the ratio. His persona is maybe 30% of it. 40 at the most. Overwhelmingly, the majority of Trump's secret sauce are his detractors. See, Trump is much of what his detractors claim that he actually is. He is much of those things. Many of them. The problem is his detractors are preemptive surrender caucus manginas in the Republican Party. And Marxists. I mean, as long as you don't hate America, you're going to beat those people a lot. Because most Americans may not be like us, but they sure as hell, literal hell, ain't like that. We'll come back and play a little game of buy, sell, or hold here next. Live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. You know, nobody has a stoplight at their kitchen table telling them when they're full and to help them monitor their portion sizes and control their cravings, except all of us were originally given one inside our own bodies. It's called OEA, and it's a fancy name uh, and an abbreviation uh, of a fancier word uh, for the signal that goes from the gut to the brain to let us know or let the brain know when you're done eating so that your metabolism kicks in and does the stuff that, you know, it used to do for you when you were younger or maybe before you, uh, you let yourself go on the health front. And now you're trying to bring yourself back and you're still struggling in that area, maybe not seeing the progress you had hoped for. Uh, find out if Riduzone might be the missing link for you. It, it's not loaded with chemicals or stimulants or caffeine. All Riduzone is, is this OEA. It just puts the OEA right back in the body. That's it. You turn over the label, you'll see three ingredients. One is rice and the main overwhelming ingredient, OEA. And you can try it now using my name as a promo code, uh, Steve, when you go to riduzone.com. They'll give you a special offer when you use my name, Steve, as a promo code at riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. All right, let's get to it. Let's play a little game of buy, sell, or hold where we could cover a multitude of topics over the next couple of segments here on the show. Aaron is supposed to supply these, but he just uh, lazily relies on you, the audience, to do it for him. Uh, you will uh, put out a prediction, a proposition. Todd and you and I will decide, are we going to buy that? Are we going to sell that? Hopefully we have at least one good reason why. Once per episode, we are we are permitted to use a hold, but if it is for any other reason other than what you're asking us is frankly beneath even our mediocre intellects, then you will be scourged for punking out uh, according uh, to what the dude code commands. Aaron. Lazily, Steve. Lazily. Man, I resemble that. 
Um, let's go with Constantine. <laughs> you see what I did there? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Constantinos Rhoditis says, if Senator Kristen Sinema ran for president, she would win the party nomination. And compared to the field, she also has the best chance of defeating President Trump. Uh, reasons she's woke enough as a bisexual woman for Dems and her voting record would win over suburban women voters. Leave that up there for a minute, okay? Uh, Todd, I think we need to game plan this out because I think this is this is a smart question to propose. I'm not sure I'm going to buy it, but because here's the thing. In fact, I think I could boil down his proposition into one question for us to discuss. Is her bisexual identity enough cover for her advocacy for um, asylum reform? Essentially, if, you, if folks want to know what, what Kirsten Cinema is saying um, on a several issues, actually, she's been fairly... She would be a moderate on the stage based on what she's done so far in the Senate. She's just not on that stage. But on the immigration issue, she's essentially advocating the position that Barack Obama took in 2014. That, you know, the fact that you are coming from poverty is not a rationale for asylum. You have to go back to your own country. Right now, yeah, I remember doing shows when Obama had children flooding the border that year. Uh, that 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 during that time period and was and was talking about you know uh, unilateral pen and a phone uh, amnesty and how freaked out we all were about how anti constitutional that was doesn't that seem that 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 seems like a Pleasant Valley Sunday compared to what we're talking about now but that's that's really in a nutshell Kirsten Cinema is advocating for for the Democratic parties to have Barack Obama's 2014 immigration policy which five years later, of course, now is racist, because in many respects, that's the same immigration policy plus a wall. The, 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 Trump is, Trump's, Trump's list of, of banned countries that are known um, uh, gene pools for terrorism, same eight countries that Barack Obama banned. Same eight countries. You know, can I blow your mind for a second? Take away the wall, and, and much of Donald Trump's immigration policy is exactly what President Obama did. He's pro-dreamer. Take away the wall. Take away the wall. Barack Obama actually had, I think, right around the same deportation rate. Take away the wall and Donald Trump's, the way he's, not what he said in the, I'm not talking about what he talked about in the campaign. I'm talking about how he's governed as president. Take away his promotion of a wall at the border. And much of his immigration policy is pretty much what Obama was doing in, in 2014 that a lot of the right was criticizing. All Kirsten Cinema is advocating is that the Democratic Party go back to that immigration policy. That no, we're not going to decriminalize border crossings. And no, the fact that your country's poor isn't a reason to file for asylum. Now, is her bisexual identity, does it provide her enough cover for advocating an immigration policy that the mainstream of the Democratic Party is currently describing as racist when Donald Trump does it, even though it's pretty much exactly what Barack Obama was doing five years ago. That's the question, really, that Constantinus Rhoditis is asking us, isn't it? It's a great question. So what do you think the answer is? Because I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, if she was a pure lesbian, like, take, like, let's take the lipstick off. Take away the makeup. And let's say she's got a more chiseled face and a square jaw than you do. 
right? And she's showing up and she's, she's in the flannel shirt Olympics. Okay? I, I do believe if that was the case, yes, her identity would give her some cover to advocate this policy. Because that's most favored names, na- nation status in the Democratic Party right now. But now she's, she's kind of walking this murky area. I still like dudes, which I'm supposed to, you know, and I'm kind of a hottie with the lipstick and the makeup, you know, and I, I, I sound feminine and I dress really feminine. I don't, I don't know that that's just kind of liking girls as a girl. I don't know that that on the intersectionality, I had to go to intersectionality.com to find out. But my guess would be that doesn't provide you enough of a fig leaf to advocate what is now being described as a racist immigration policy. Yeah, I'm going to sell. And my answer was going to be in the neighborhood of what you're talking about. And it relates very much to uh, my analysis so far and what I'm about to say about Pete, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, I, th- I don't think he I said he needed to have a uh, a night where he closes the gap that didn't happen last night. And it's because of the kind of thing Steve is talking about. He was begged into relevance by a lot of people because they want somebody to be gay at the top of the ticket. But you can't just be gay. You have to be gay. Mm-hmm. And that's what Pete Buttigieg isn't really willing to do just really wear it on his sleeve and in many respects n- neither is uh uh cinema it, it just has to be very very over it they want it to be in the face he doesn't have an effeminate persona right he served it he, he i mean he has a a, a commendable uh, right. record as a member of the military right yes okay so he's he and, and he's from a you know uh, he's from middle america is that what i hear you saying well that and also uh, uh, it has to be the, both the look and just the topic i mean every if Every question you need to ask him, it's like Lindsey Graham wanting to bomb uh, uh, somebody in the Middle East when we, the last election. Every question at that family leader conference, is, mm-hmm. he just turned it around and talking. That if people, if that's what the way Buttigieg was answering questions, no matter what it's about, he started talking about being gay. So gay to him was like, he, this is his Steve Forbes flat tax. Yeah, Every yes, issue begins yes. with, because I'm gay. But but he's still, This is what I think. He's too on target. He's too, he's too grown up and actually taking... Is, uh, things way too seriously, and he's not fully entering the zeitgeist. So you're you're right, absolutely. When you went the the, the flannel nose, you just have to. It has to be on your sleeve. It has to be soaking, seeping out of your pores. So she's not in her current packaging. Kirsten Cinema is not doesn't present enough iconoclasm. I can't remember. Similar to Pete Buttigieg yes. does not totally either. Exactly. Agree with that. Okay. All right. Totally so agree with so that. it's a great question. Yes, it yep. is. Mr. Mr. Constantinus Roditis. Yep. But I think we're all going to sell. Yep. But it, but it, but my mind to your mind, Spock, my thoughts to your thoughts. You are, you're, you're, we're picking up what you're laying down. You are figuring this out. Yes. Yeah. All right. Moving on. John McNair Jr. says, Spy seller holds spaghetti made with sauce and hamburger meat is better than spaghetti made with sauce and, sauce and sliced sausages. Sell. Sell. Uh, pretty much as a general rule in any Italian dish. Sausage is better than... Uh, Italian yeah. sausage is better than uh, a beef uh, product. And I love, my, I love my beef. But give me lasagna with Italian sausage... I have a homemade cavatelli that I've made, you know, uh, that's one of the few things I still make. Um, and, and especially if it's got the local Graziano sausage here in town, all right, that's done here locally. But yeah, in general, uh, the sausage is better with an Italian dish than beef. So in general, but if you buy a low quality sausage, 
but you you know oh, how sure. to cook. Sure. Can yeah. you doctor up that hamburger meat? Sure. It, it can be closer race than you think. I don't deny that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Oh, I if never, you're talking Graziano's, you just if we're just talking browning some hamburger yeah, and throwing yes. it with some pasta, yeah, no. you're far better off just browning yep. some sausage and throwing yep. it in yes. there with some pasta yes. and sauce. Yep. Yes, agree. Yeah, tackling the tough issues of the day. Bradley Schick says <laughs> Harris will be the nominee and lose, run in 2024, and win. Uh, sell Narrowly. only because I'm taking the field. I just I got to even see tonight before I answer that, uh, but I'm taking the field. Yeah, I think that I th- I'm going to sell. She's good. She's not that good. I, I And one of the reasons I'm going to sell is historically, it's been a little bit different with Hillary, but I'm not sure how much of that, I mean, she's doing a lot of appearances kind of on her own, right? She's not like showing up at a lot of the party stuff and those sorts of things. Uh, you don't see a lot of these candidates going to her the way you even saw, you know, Rubio, Christie going to Romney and trying to get his blessing in 2016. Okay, Um, the Democratic Party traditionally has not been kind to its losers. If if Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes, if we're going to continue to make Italian references here, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes in the Democratic Party when you lose. Michael Dukakis lost, gone. Walter Mondale lost, gone. Jimmy Carter had to get into philanthropic work to be taken seriously as a public figure again, and then still politically. He's never been an elder statesman of the Democratic Party. This is not somebody that people go back to and, hey, well, you, I want your endorsement prior to the New Hampshire primary. That's never happened. So take away the the only thing that separates Jimmy Carter from some of those other guys that lost is his philanthropic work put him back in the good graces of the public in general. So he kind of transcended being a political loser. But this is a party that if you lose, man, the next thing you see is the undercarriage of a bus. They, they, I mean, this is not the Republican Party where Mitt Romney and John McCain can lose and then they're on Fox News every Sunday with Chris Wallace talking about what Republicans need to do to win and they can't be so right-wing. Of which I used to say, if, if I were on that show, I'd ask those guys, if, if you know what it would take to win, why yeah. did you lose? That's, this is that scene from Say Anything. If, yeah. if you guys know so much about chicks, what are you doing here at like yeah, 10 you, o'clock at night with yeah. no chicks in sight? Speaking of, behind the spe- gas and speaking of a sausage fest, what yes. are we all hitting around talking to each other for? Why are you here? Right? So, I mean, I, I never, under, you know, but I understand why the, why the lefty media brings the McCains and Romneys out to attack us from the left. I get the game they're playing. I really don't understand why there are Fox News shows that brought, used to bring those guys on to talk about, well, it, I mean, this stuff just, uh, you can't be this radical on abortion and win. Well, Mitt, you ran pro-choice ads in five states the day before, days before the 2012 election, you lost, including my own, and you lost every single one of those states. So if you know what it takes to win, why, why, didn't, you, why didn't you win? I think that's a pretty obvious question to ask. Except for guys like Chris Wallace on Fox, they're not interested in the truth either. They have, they, they, they're using them as a, to push a narrative as well. Uh, except for Hillary. Every other Democrat loser I can think of of any magnitude in my lifetime has just disappeared, gone. But, but I think a lot of her presence is, is self-generated. I think she just refuses to go away because this has been her whole life has been politics. She's, her, I mean, her, her phylum, if, we, if, if she was a, a species of animal that we were going to you know, use taxonomy to classify, her phylum would be political animal, Okay. But I don't see Democrats lining up to get her blessing. I think she's a key endorsement before Iowa. You don't see that, do you? No. No. 
So in general, the Democratic Party has has whisked its losers away. Now, I, I don't know if, if, if you have a certain intersectionality status that would allow you a second chance. Um, so, but, I, but history says if, if Kamala Harris gets the nomination and sentences the country to four more years of psychic darkness, Marianne Williamson, Kamala Harris, I think, is more likely to face a primary in her next Democratic Senate run <laughs> than she is to be the Democratic presidential nominee again. So I will sell. Same thing, Todd. Yeah, I sold. Yeah. All right. Next one is from Naturally Contrarian. I'm going to change the wording just a little bit. A deep fake will surface that's so realistic it will interfere with the election, causing both sides to claim it was rigged or stolen, sending the country into a constitutional crisis. So I don't think we care that much. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. would. I would narr- Can I say this? Sure. Uh, I would narrowly sell on the first part interfering with the election but the sending the country into a constitutional crisis we don't have that high of an attention span so i would definitely sell on that last part yeah i'm i'm gonna agree i'm gonna sell for the because of what you said i think if you would have just stopped at the deep fake yep i i think that's absolutely likely if in fact likely um but for us to have a constitutional crisis we have to care about it first and you know i'll say it before todd busts out you know, our our list of allies grows thin here, Aragorn. I mean, the, the, you know, you come here, Daily Wire, you know, a few of the people that are on Fox and a couple more that are on like Fox Nation. Anybody else you can think of care about the Constitution still? The what? Exactly. So I don't, I don't know how you would plunge the country that doesn't care about its Constitution into a into a constitutional crisis. So, but the, your opening salvo, I wholeheartedly agree with. Yep. Yeah, I think we're likely to see that. In fact, I think we're probably one election cycle away from both parties having political black ops with deep fakes yep. to use against the other. I think we're, I think we're maybe one more cycle away from something like that. So I'll sell even on that premise because it's probably already happening and we just don't even know it in many respects. <laughs> if you're coming over the cue, top on the most cynical yeah. answer, then I'm with, then we be in. Well yep. Uh, cue the uh, Twilight Zone music. Uh, one, one, at least one more. Uh, Daniel Graychick says the photobombing rat from Baltimore will speak at CPAC before Steve. <laughs> First of all, that photobombing rat at CPAC is going to keynote. Yeah. Forget it. I'm, I'm out of this. I, I mean, and, and I would actually be in favor of it. I'd be in favor of it. If, if they, if they just brought that rat, that photobombing rat up on the stage, have him introduce Trump and just have like a, some kind of comedian there interpreting, you know, Baltimore sucks. Baltimore is a blank hole. Take it from me. I reside. I look for blank holes and Baltimore is like our capital city right about now. So uh, I love where you're going with the humor, but I actually think that would be somewhat justified uh, trolling. I mean, because that again, like I said uh, at the top of the show, man, when you played that video, that is freaking cosmic. How do we know the rat isn't a deep fake? I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's see, I think we're really close to stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're already, if, because here's how, and here's what will happen. You know, the left already has no problem using its mainstream media sources just to flat out lie about stuff. Yeah. And lie about stuff that later gets debunked and can be, and then like they never correct it later. Right. Okay. Well, if you're going to use like the pages of the New York Times to do that or the Washington Post that, you know, actually have some cachet, 
I, I don't know why you wouldn't use, you know, some, you know, underground YouTube account or, or Instagram account guy to post something, have it go yeah. viral. And then what will happen is once they use it, then the people on our side will, will, will make the claim. We now have to do this in order to push back. And, well, and now we're off. You have to do it to fight the dark psychic forces of evil. And that really, that it, it becomes just another weapon that you've got to use. It's like you're playing one of those video games that, uh, like that you just, the, the more, the more longer you play, the more success you have, you get more weapons in your arsenal. I don't play these games, so I'm, but yeah, I mean, you too know sure. why they're not going to turn that weapon down. They believe it is necessary you, in their cause of righteousness. You, if that's what you believe about your opponents, yes. then you have no problem gunning them down in a suburban Virginia ball field. You have no problem strolling into the, 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 you know, the national offices of the family research council. Hypothetically, opening, right? Steve? And opening fire, yes. which is still the only de- homeland yeah. domestic terrorist conviction in american history was the family research uh, center or council shooter or, or you have no problem making stuff up and going to utter character assassination brett kavanaugh's a marauding rapist right if that's what you really believe about your opponents if you've dehumanized them to that level then you can justify saying and uh, almost anything about them and doing almost anything to them at that point we'll come back hour two here stay tuned <laughs> Back with our second hour here, live and on demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number here to Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us, one of those five-star reviews, we would be very grateful. Thousands of you have done this for us already. The more of you that do that, the more the algorithms shine upon us, and then the more likely we are to uh, be given favorable uh, treatment and, and distribution by them so we can find more people like you, which makes it more likely for us to stay employed. So keep those five-star reviews coming, uh, and thank you very much to all of you that have already sent them in. Now, I've got to warn you about something here, though. If you are a homeowner, We've talked about this before, but it is an ongoing threat. Uh, the new nationwide crime spree known as home title fraud. The head of the FBI or the former head of the FBI's cyber crimes unit was recently on 60 Minutes warning homeowners like you and me about this very thing. And here's how it works. With a lot of our mortgage notes and home titles kept online nowadays and databases that can be hacked, thieves go on there, hack in. Then they sign on to your uh, to your paperwork, and then they borrow against your home's collat- equity using the home itself as collateral. And often you won't find out until maybe you go uh, to get that uh, home equity loan, uh, that HELOC, or or you go to uh, uh, to the mailbox, and inside are. Uh, late payment notices, maybe even a foreclosure notice. Your bank cannot protect you. Your mortgage lender cannot either. Uh, Not even your identity theft protection can. But for pennies a day, Home Title Lock will put a virtual barrier around your home's title if they detect anything nefarious happening whatsoever. They're on the case to protect your your most valuable investment. Who knows? Maybe your home's title has already been targeted or tampered with. To find out for free, get the free title scan and report at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, get that free title scan and report at HomeTitleLock.com. At the bottom of the hour, our good friend and weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us, but we go back first to some more buy, sell, or hold. Here's Aaron.
All right, we'll uh, go to Rocco next. Climate eschatology will change when the world will end from 12 years to 12 months to 12 weeks by September 1st, 2019. I don't think there's any choice but to buy on this at the rate that Beto O'Rourke keeps counting down. What do you think, Todd? Mm, I don't, I'm going to yeah. sell. I don't think that... Yeah. But, but again... Yeah. You're on, the, you're on the right wavelength, okay? I mean, if, if, if you're saying that you could foresee a Demo- whoever the Democratic nominee is claiming that if you don't vote for them, um, because of unaddressed climate change, the earth and all and, and life as we know it will end in the next four years. I could see that. Can't you? Yeah. yeah I could absolutely see that. Yep. So if, if you're if that's kind of where you're going with this in general, I agree with the spirit the of your spirit. proposition, just <laughs> not, not with the, the, yeah. the execution yeah. the of it. The particular okay? tactic. They I yeah. don't think they need to they they can just keep saying ten years. They don't I mean that tactically they're not buying themselves anything else by Going even Go, further Going down. the yeah. direction they're doing it. Yeah. I mean, and, and they won't need to practice any self-awareness. I mean, there's all kinds of Christians that still buy books from failed uh, authors with their fakest, you know, right. end times predictions. Right. And, and, and they still get shows on TBN. They still sell out more arenas than would ever even think about inviting somebody like us to show up. And, and no one, and, you, and, and then you're the heretic if you're like, well, I don't want to go listen to a guy who's already been wrong three times because Jesus told me not to listen to prophets who make uh, predictions that don't come true. They're not real prophets, right? I mean, you're the heretic when you actually quote the scripture to these people. So, um, or, or the legalist, actually, when you quote the scripture yeah. to these people, you're the legalist. <laughs> All right. So they won't need to, they can just re-rack that every yes. election. Because there's plenty, there's an element on the right that does this, you know, that are in their own end times craze and just re-rack their own. This is the terminal generation. Well, you said that last election. You're right, but if we don't elect a Republican this time, then that really will be the rapture. And then you're like, well, actually, don't we want a rapture? I, I thought the goal was for Jesus. I thought we were waiting for Jesus to come back. So if, if, if my behavior changes when Jesus comes back, shouldn't I act worse then in order to get him to come sooner? <laughs> right? There's never, you don't ever have to show, if you're into that, if you're into, you know, you can have those views and not just be totally far gone. I've met a lot of those people. But there is an element of people within the Christian community who have those views that are totally, that are this kind of gone as the climate people are. And they'll just re-rack this constantly. And I can see them doing this. I can see them rolling that out in this next election. And then for the rest of our lives, however long they last, the world will end because of unaddressed climate change if you don't vote Democrat, right? I could see that kind of just being a reoccurring re-rack. Yes. All right, But but it'll be something like that, not a specific, you know, time period. All right. Ryan says Unplanned will be more effective after it's released be on DVD because pro-choice people who are not willing to see it in theater will watch it in the privacy of their own home. I don't think it'll be quite as I don't think it'll be quite as dramatic as the impact it's had in the theaters, but I would overall buy with that. I would buy with that. I think that's where it does have a long shelf life. I think that is where you're going to be able uh, to get people to sit down together uh, and and watch it. I think that's where somebody might find it on a Netflix or something. And um, because I think that is where the majority of the of the American people are. Uh, I I I think that there are more committed people to the pro life cause than there are people. And the numbers all back this up. There are more people committed to the pro life cause than there are created to the death cult. But there are more people who consider themselves pro choice than either one of those groups. And, and that's what this movie does exceedingly well 
is it is it is it makes that group their target audience. So I I could see this being a movie that has a long shelf life where that is concerned. Similar to what Silent Scream did, you know, in the seventies and the, or back in the nineteen eighties. It had a it, it it was being shown still around the country well into the nineteen nineties. This film's a lot better made, and it's not a documentary like Silent Scream was. But I, I could see it having a similar long term impact. I think it's going to have a long term impact, but I I'm gonna sell only because i of how profound i think its impact right out of the gate was the things it had to do uh uh, the things it had to overcome uh to be on the screens it was the the pushback it got i I, I just think um it 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 was that profound and i think uh unfortunately there's just a lot of people that made the decision I, i i still know a ton of people they just on principle they never would see passion of the christ because of the, rate, the R rating, and in a yeah. number of things. So I, I think I think the you're right, Steve. It's going to have a long shelf life, but I think the most profound impact has already been had. All right, so moving on now. Um, before we start talking, before we start talking about what we're going to start talking about, I I get emails and I get tweets sometimes. I'm sure you do, Steve. Whenever we start talking about sports, uh, from, from women, a lot of women, they'll say, "I just tune out. I can't just." We're going to be talking about sports for the rest of this segment. All right. And, um, you know, if you want to impress the men in your life, you know, there might be some nuggets of wisdom. There might be some nuggets of wisdom for you. Take one for the team, man. You want him to go to the chick flick? Uh, uh, Take one for the team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It works both ways. Yeah. Yeah, you'll you'll be, um, you'll have something to say and uh, hopefully something uh, snappy to say after what we're going to be talking about here in a little bit. First though, uh, a couple of ones from right here on the staff. I've got one. Christian Bustler has one. Our call screener. We'll start with his Uh, Alabama will be left out of the college football playoff before PAC 12 team is another representative. That's a really good proposition. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, I think Oregon is going to beat Auburn in week one, which will substantially raise their profile and would would give them a strong case if they were to be a one-loss team that won the Pac-12. Um, I think Alabama's a lock this year. The schedule is pretty soft, except for a couple of games. They have a next-level, next-world uh, quarterback. Next year when he's gone, they'll still be very talented, but they won't have that level of talent at that position. And sooner or later, you know, uh, as Q once said to Picard, all good things must come to an end. This, this whole thing with Nick Saban isn't going to last forever. There's one thing, you, there, here's, the, here's the general rule of college football dynasties, and it, 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 it's, it's, it's universally true, metaphysically certain. They always end before you expected them to, when you don't ever see it coming. I may go back. I go back to the last dynasty we had. That last team that was considered a dynasty, Pete Carroll's USC teams, and in the month leading up to that Rose Bowl, Keith Jackson's final game, poetically enough, in the month leading up to that Rose Bowl against Vince Young, I'm not even going to say they played Texas because they didn't. Let's just be honest. Can we keep it real? You're no BS. Sure. They they, they played Vince Young. <laughs> In the in the in the month leading up to that game against Vince Young, I mean ESPN was doing specials about where this USC team ranks historically all time. And then they went out there and lost to Vince Young. You know, Miami had won, what, like 31 or 32 games in a row. I think it was the longest winning streak in college football since Oklahoma's record streak or thereabouts. Went out there and lost to Ohio State. The thing with dynasties in college football is they always end before you see it coming. 
And I think Alabama's team is too good this year, particularly at the quarterback position with Tua, who will be healthy and remind everybody why he was in, he had 80% odds to win the Heisman last year until the final two weeks of the year when he got hurt. Next year, though, when he's gone, you know, and, and you, give, you give Jimbo Fisher another year with another great recruiting class and LSU keeps recruiting very well and, uh, you've, and, and now you've got, a, you know, another year for Georgia to do the same. Yeah, I could see maybe next year being a year because they almost didn't make it two years ago, remember, and they didn't win the division. They almost didn't make it two years ago and they got in and then won it all. So this is a tough one, though. I'm going to play the odds and, 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 and on the Alabama side. So that, does that mean I sell? Uh, let's see, Alabama. Yeah, you would sell, but but it, but that's that that's that is not a eighty twenty ninety ten in my view. That's a fifty two forty eight fifty one forty nine, and I'll I'll give it to the edge to Alabama. I think that prop is a lot closer than maybe most people think. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I want your opinion too, Todd. Yeah. No, on, on this one, I uh, would just repeat what. Uh, Steve said uh, more or less, um, but I, I I like particularly the one you know don't you you've got to allow some of the crazy voices in your head because of what Steve said you know thing, things just end before you think they're going to these dynasty ends are not neat and tidy all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm growing increasingly fond of the crazy vo- voices yes. inside the head. It it is something that's important. All right, my wait till you're our age. Uh, you'll have yeah. you'll, you'll have a, a downright crush. <laughs> Uh, my proposition, which is equally good, I, I might say, is... Uh, if you do say so yourself, yes. Yeah. Um, Iowa will beat Wisconsin this year. No, oh, my goodness. I just want Steve's opinion on that. Um, Where's the game? I can't... It's, in Madison. it's in Madison. It's in Madison. So. Okay. All right. How many of you guys 15. have one win there in, 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 since 2005, and it was when Wisconsin just dropped the ball on the goal line, right, in 2015? Yeah, isn't that the? That's, I think that's the win, only though. win Iowa has in in Madison since Barry yeah, Alvarez's last yeah. game. Am I right about that? Yeah, it's just that's the way it is. And I mean, Wisconsin it's... just snapped the ball at the goal line to go in for the winning touchdown. Just dropped it, as I recall in that game. They literally just dropped the ball, right? No, they fumbled it. But, but, was, but it was a real fumble, not a drop. Real, it was a real fumble. So it was like yeah. caused but it was by on, an Iowa player. It was. It was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was still a terrible. Yeah, I mean, just okay. a fluky thing. But yeah, no, that's 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 the way it is. I just. Uh, Nobody cares. Um, top 15 <laughs> fall training camp cliches. Now, this was kind of your idea. I put it together a little bit with the help of uh, Ted Glover from the Daily Norseman. That's the uh, SB Nation, Minnesota Vikings uh, community. Okay. Some of these are mine. Some of these are his from his list that he put out just uh, a couple weeks ago. We're going to go through the top 15 cliches that you hear from NFL and kind of college training camps as well. And I'll kind of give an explanation of what they mean. Okay. And they are ranked from number 15 to number one right. in order of uh, of the kind of the magnitude slash how ubiquitous they actually okay. are used. Okay. If you buy, you agree with where I have it on the list. If you sell, you don't. If you hold, you're not sure. Same thing as every single list that we do. Okay. So we'll start with number 15. Newly drafted player X is, he, he's coming along. He's coming along. What that really means is uh, we think we might have missed on this draft pick. <laughs> uh, I'll buy that. Um, yes, that's a good one. Yeah. You you, you don't want to hear that. If you, if, if you were planning on that guy playing a huge role for your team in year one, that's not what you want to hear. You don't want to hear that. I agree. 
I'm selling. There's definitely 15 in football that are better than that. Okay. All right. Uh, Number 14, what happened last season doesn't matter. Uh, The translation to that is usually around the uh, we're still smarting about last season, and I think we're going to suck again. I'm going to sell on that. I don't think that's a cliche at all. Uh, You know, Lou Holtz used to talk about when he was a college football coach, when you're dealing with the emotions of young men at that age and their ups and downs and what's going on with them off the field, he essentially was coaching a new team every week. In the NFL, about one-third of every roster turns over every year. The league has five new playoff teams every single year. That's been the average since 1990 when they went to this current divisional format. So um, I'm going to sell. I don't think that's a cliche at all. I think there's actually a lot of truth to it. Totally agree. All right, number 13, I'm in the best shape of my career. That basically means I feel like I felt like last year, and I'm afraid I'm getting a little bit older. Anybody ever ever come to camp and just said, guys, man, I'm a total lard ass right now. There's no way I'm going to be ready for September. You ever heard that? Anybody ever come to camp and they're like, well, right now, guys, had, had their first media gaggle, first day of camp. Guys, right now, I'm, I'm in the worst shape of my career. You know, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Nobody's ever done that, right? That is such a cliche. Yeah. It, I, now, I don't know that there's 12 more better than that one, though, because that one is omnipresent. Everybody's in the best shape of their lives. Everybody is, Okay. You know, one of the Michigan States built a program with Mark D'Antonio and having the chip on its shoulder of being undervalued. And so at Big Ten Media Days last week, one somebody basically said, well, you know, because they were talking about, you know, we're really smarting. No one respects us after we went seven and six last year. And some reporter was basically, well, I mean, that's kind of the whole chip on the shoulder thing you guys always have, though, as a program, right? And, and the Michigan State player was like, no, this year the chip's even is dug in even deeper than it's ever been before. Okay. Whatever, man. So uh, I got to sell because that's got to be higher on the list. There's no way there's 12 cliches more omnipresent than that one. There definitely is. Yeah. I'm buying. There's got to be more. All right. Uh, Number 12, uh, X player or player X, I should say, added X pounds of muscle. Uh, What that really means is he's kind of fat. Drank too many cold ones in the offseason. No, I think strength and conditioning is too good nowadays. I I, I think there's a lot of truth to that, actually. I'm going to sell. I'm selling. All right. Um, Number 11, player X, you know, he's just a blue-collar guy. Oh, yeah. Bye. That that usually means... That usually means he just works harder than he has talent. If if he's a white player playing a skill position, it means he's white. That's that's the code for it. It means he's a white guy at wide receiver corner. That's what it means. Yes. Uh, So I'll buy, yeah. You're buying as well, Todd. Absolutely. Yeah. Dan Patrick does an ongoing bid on his show. Oh, that's the same thing as high motor guy. Racial white. stereotypes yep. in sports, and yes. it's just sneaky it's brilliant. Athletic. Yeah, sneaky, sneaky athletic. athletic. Yes. Um, <laughs> that just means he's a white guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, player and so and so is, uh, you know, he's the first in the building, he's the last to leave. Oh, bye. Yeah, bye. That's, that's every all, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody is the first to be, yeah. Especially the punter. I'd be okay if Coach noticed that I was just the second guy in and the second guy to leave. That's still pretty dedicated, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, if one guy is staying Joe Gibbs hours and you're still you're leaving ten minutes before him, do you just like hate the sport and don't care what you're? You know, I mean, it's okay to be the second or third last person to leave. That's still pretty good, don't you think? Well, yeah, and also that's still the, pretty dedicated. Also, if you if you always have to be first in, you know, at some point, like what? Why does it take you so long to get this? You know, dude. Yeah. I mean, really, just it's not that complicated. And what happens if they leave at the same time? Has there ever been a group of players? You know, that group, those guys are the last guys to leave. Ever, 
but then again, no, because that's chicks. Chicks do things in pairs and groups, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, gotcha. All right, number nine. You know, we're still we're still getting our timing down. What that means is uh, I'm not totally sure my teammates or my players ha- are uh, you know have have motor function in you know below their waist at this point. Um, I that one is used a lot by, but I often take it as translated as uh, my quarterback isn't accurate, and or my receivers don't catch the damn ball enough. That's kind of how I. You I can, take that one. Yeah, you can take it any yeah. way you want. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm definitely buying this. Is it is, it's never convincing um, because you know that's what unless it's a mid season train that's what spring training and all that stuff is for. You know, it's not it's not believable to any lucid grown up, but it's a it's it 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 deserves to be here in this Hall of Fame. All right, number eight. Um, during tra- training camp, we, you know, we we really expe- expect player X to improve. That means uh, player X uh, is on the hot seat. Yeah, bye. Again, as a coach ever said, I'm really not expecting much out of that guy. In fact, I didn't even want to invite him to camp. I don't even know why he's here. Has that ever happened? I don't know. Has that, I'm selling on this whole one. Do they? I, we expect him to improve like in a negative way? I mean, they, they say things in positive ways that they would say to anybody. We're, we're all going to get better kind of things. This one's like, they, they don't out people like that i haven't watched hard knocks in several years because it just got formulaic you knew what it was the teams changed but it was pretty much the same and the only thing that really changed is were you going to drop more f-bombs than rex ryan i mean that was really but it was the same you know the the same story trope the high drafted kid who comes in with a chip with, with an ego uh you know the the wily veteran fighting for his last spot on the team the undrafted free agent uh making his mark i mean it's the, it got to be the same show every season because it's the same storylines right and then there's the turk episode where they knock on the door and they cut people i haven't watched it in several years but john gruden on it this year i'm going to watch every single episode it's Bound because, to be better than last chance be, you was this yeah, season. Because that is a guy that will not abide by these tropes. I mean, they they played a clip of the first episode that airs next week. And he, it was when the... when the Because usually rookies report and then the veterans do, okay? And it was he got so upset at the rookies, first day of camp, doing the drill wrong. He pulled them aside and said, Hey, we're not here trying to get to the damn Peach Bowl. All right. All right. Well, he's going to, he's going to, all those tropes, I'm in. That's going to be some unique television. I'm going to watch that. I don't know that he'll, you'll ever hear him say any of this stuff. He'll say it like in a press conference. Yep. Right. But like Not at the either. actual camp, I don't think you'll hear John Gruden say any of these things. Uh, number seven. You know, we're just, we're just taking it one day at a time, slash. And we're just getting better every day. I think that's the translation. How's that not number one? How's oh, yeah. that? No, you'll see what's you'll okay. see what's yeah. number one. All right. Well, it's um, at least got to be number two or three. It, so I got to sell. It's got to be higher. It's basically we suck right now, and it's really freaking hot out here. Yeah, that's got to be higher. It's got to be higher. There's no way there's six cliches better than that. Oh, sports, all sports, which is why I haven't watched any of these last chance use or, or uh, what the one you just mentioned. Last chance you doesn't all, use any of these cliches. No, all sports, in fact, I wish it did. I, wish it used, I did. Yeah. All sports is uh, sports locker rooms are, are cliches for the most part. I, I don't need to watch them because I in know front what's of the media, there. Yes. In front of the media. Yeah. Uh, number five, you know, everybody out here has to, has to earn their own spot. No way that's more omnipresent than the other one. No, the other one, one day at a time. I mean, I, they literally teach Sorry, you that. Sorry, I screwed up. 
in number sport. Uh, number six. We're doing number six right now. Okay. You know, I'm just gonna t- I'm just gonna play wherever the the coaches tell me to play. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. But, but still, the one day at a time thing. It, it it's literally like they just hand that to you in your orientation packet. You are to say this at least once in every in every uh, soundbite opportunity. Okay? Well, in this one, I it's a powerful one, but it doesn't last as long. I'm just, like, early on for a couple of years, especially in this yep. day and age, they'll say that, and then afterwards they'll be throwing their coach under the bus. So yeah, it, it means one of two things. Uh, either it's a player who knows that he is uh, too expensive for the team to cut him right now, or it's just somebody who's happy to be there. Uh, number five is everybody has to earn their spot out there. You guys are selling on that. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's gonna, you have to give me something that's going to beat one day at a time. All right. Number four, you know, offense is really ahead of the defense right now. It means our defense sucks. <laughs> yeah. You never want to hear that in a camp. The defense should always be ahead of the offense. All right. Because offense is much more about reps and timing. So if, 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 you're, if your coaches are telling you early in camp that the offense is ahead of the defense right now, I would be very afraid. That being said, it, I'm selling because it shouldn't be higher than one day at a time. Um, it should not be higher than one day at a time. So, yes. So, uh, Number three, you know, the defense is really ahead of the offense at this point. That means your offense sucks. Well, I'm going to sell because that's not necessarily the case. There's even teams with really good offenses where the defense is ahead of the offense early in camp. So I'm going to sell. It's not better than one day at a time it's not better than one day at a time i agree uh number two player slash unit slash team you know they've got tremendous upside they've got tremendous potential yeah that said a lot and it usually means i i really hope these guys are good because we haven't seen it yet that, yep. that's usually what it means yep. okay that's a good one but it's, it doesn't beat one day at a time Correct. It does not one day, one at, day a at a time is the magnum yes. opus of, of sports cliches wow i want it to be beaten i think something's out there but yeah number one is you know, this is the first time I'm in my career that I've I've really truly been healthy. No, that's not better. No, it's not better. Oh, that's complete horse pucky. It's not better than one day at a time. Both of you know it's not better than one day at a time. One day at a time is so boring, though. That one is like, that's no, the point. That, that's yes, the most exactly. cliche of cliches. Yes, yes. No, no, that's no. why it no, must, it must one, be taught. First time in my career, I've been truly healthy. Is the most cliche of cliches. No, the one day at a time. One day at a time is, is the boring. magnum opus of cliches of sports cliches. Yeah. I'm it, I'm sure it's taught somewhere. They gather rookies in all these leagues together at some retreat. And and they literally, it, it's a contractual obligation that they have to mix in one day at a time in every single soundbite opportunity the rest of their career. Because it's... It can an, mean anything you want it to mean. I get that. There's but. enough truth in there. It It's not wrong. So that's why it can sustain. It It, it, it can never... You, you have got to preach that and teach that on some level to your team. But if you overuse it, it just becomes... Sound and fury signify yeah, nothing. It, but it, you, it just what, what does that? But mean? you can't go yeah. away from it. It's it's unavoidable. It is. It it. I mean, yeah. It's it's existential. When when and folks, when these coaches talk to their teams in person, they don't talk like this. This is just meant for your public consumption. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's meant for your public consumption. I, you're going to hear John Gruden say, "I am confident." I shouldn't have even invited your fat ass to camp. I am confident you're going to hear that. I am confident you're going to hear John Gruden say, well, when they told me we drafted you, I told them I wasn't sure you could play in the league and turns out I was right. You're going to hear this. I am, and, and this is often how the, these things are communicated. Do you really believe Bill Belichick is sitting over there in Foxborough? <laughs> hey, guys. When, when the media is not around, you know what, guys? We're just going to kind of take it one day at a time here and let's see what happens. No, no, no. 
No. And most of these things are not said except to us for public consumption. And and now the more that, the more that social media is around, the more of these cliches we're going to get because everybody is paranoid and rightfully so about giving you any level of honesty, how yep. everything just gets blown up into, you know, clickbait and a hater hashtag and everything else, you know, and, and so they're going to be even more cliche ridden uh, and even less transparent for fear of what telling any form of truth actually would garner. Hey, a low credit, here's the truth. A low credit score could keep you from getting some of the things you want in life, like a credit card, maybe even a car, maybe even a home. Maybe even a new job. More and more employers are checking credit scores nowadays. If you want to push back uh, on on your credit score, uh, you don't have to keep getting denied for credit. You can kickstart the campaign on your credit today. Just call the specialists at creditrepair.com. That's creditrepair.com. They can help you work to repair your credit and improve your score by removing inaccurate negative items like late payments, charge-offs, even collections and bankruptcies. Here's the number for your free credit evaluation. 1-800-501-3199. That's 1-800-501-3199. Now, when you give them a call, uh, they're going to give you the credit report, your score for free, right? They're going to they're gonna tell you what's on there and they're going to give you the score for nothing. And then you'll find out what creditrepair.com can do to help you improve it. And that's where you decide whether you want to sign up for the service or not, all right? Creditrepair.com helps you work toward a better score so that you can have the better things in life. The evaluation and credit report and score, again, those are free. So call 1-800-501-3199. 1-800-501-3199. Not available if you live in Georgia, Mississippi, Ohio, or South Carolina. Or you can just go online to the website and, and uh, take advantage of this offer there. Creditrepair.com. That's creditrepair.com. Um. You looking forward uh, to tomorrow's game? I mean, like, how much of that do you watch? It's so exciting for, like, the first two minutes. Yes. And then I'll probably have it on in the background, depending on what else I am doing. Yep. Or maybe flip back there, yep. you know, after, um, I, if I have something to do with the kids or something tomorrow. Yeah. But I will, I'll definitely watch the opening uh, live. Yep. Didn't last year's game get canceled, as no, I recall? No, that was 2016. 2016, that happened. Okay. Because of the paint. Yes, the, the paint on the field. In the 21st that was century, like, the paint on the field wasn't dry. And that was like the year that we were like probably the most looking forward to because football of how because terrible of how that terrible election that was. year was. Yeah. And then the Hall of, Hall of Fame I remember game, that. Now we is, came in yeah. like, really, universe? Really, Smod? Yeah. Really? We can get no breaks, no yeah. respite whatsoever. That was downright cosmic too, by the way. Indeed. All right. We're going to get back to regular order, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be here to take us inside politics here when we return live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. If you're getting into the real estate market, which is booming right now, so it's a good time. But, uh, you know, one of the things we're seeing in my suburb is uh, a lot of different yard signs of real estate companies, including several uh, we've never really seen before. Uh, now, that, that could be people that are taking advantage, you know, that are reputable, uh, taking advantage of a boom market, but it could be uh, as well, maybe some grifters. You want to make sure that uh, you get a real estate agent that you can trust. That's why you want to use the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. It's different than other referral services, which are really about finding clients for agents 
This one is about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. Agents with proven track records of success. Agents who've got a marketing plan idea other than this is what the algorithm told me at the office today or let's do another open house. Uh, agents who actually return calls, who are personable, who understand that it's a relational process so they need to have a good rapport with their clients. If you're looking for a real estate agent like that, then you're looking for a real estate agent that you can trust. Uh, which means you're looking for this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's get to our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Our good friend Daniel Horowitz joining us to take us inside politics again this week. Good to see you, Daniel. How you be? I'm all right, Steve. How you doing? Could be a little better, but I could be a lot worse, if you know what I mean. All right. Well, let's get to it. Um, let's start with last night's round one of the Democrat, uh, of, of round two, round one of round two of the Democratic debates from my old home state of Michigan. And, and this is how I summarized it for our audience at the top of the show. There were no moderates. There were a couple of leftist adults who attempted some adulting, who attempted to say last night, and they were unknowns, um, like John Delaney and Amy Klobuchar, who attempted to say, guys, we got to keep lying to the American people. We, we just cannot be this open and honest about stuff. They're never going to vote for this. this. This is not popular. They were then utterly destroyed by the known radicals and, and, and iconoclast revolutionaries, particularly Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. And then there was one woman who told the truth that this is not a political ideology. It's a religious movement. It's a rival religious movement to the Judeo-Christian foundation that built America, and it's a cult. And if you're outside of that cult, then you represent the dark psychic forces at work in America. And then they had, then MSNBC did some uh, polling immediately afterwards. And it, of course, they're asking these questions all from their most favorite favorable premise using terms like undocumented immigrants. They're not asking you, hey, do you want the same crummy health care your grandparents have? They're asking you, do you want Medicare for all? And even when asking this with their most favorable narrative posing the question, they still pointed, proved they're in the stranger things upside down and that the American people want none of this, absolutely none of this. What we learned last night was yet further confirmation. This is a foreign country. What are your thoughts, Daniel? So, Steve, I think you had a very good summation of the Democrat debate, the landscape of the Democrat Party from a Democrat perspective. I mean, or, or just the reality perspective. What about from a conservative perspective from what, you know, what are we supposed to do with it? So, as you well know, I don't watch these things um, because I was busy watching the GOP debate. A lot of people don't know it existed. It's going on right now in the Senate. Whether... Republican senators with a Republican Senate and a GOP president are going to agree to the budget bill that encompasses all these policies that Elizabeth Warren and that every one of those people on that stage supported mm -hmm. is supporting. So my takeaway from looking at it is this. Here's what conservatives, the conservative movement is like. You have a football team that's practically disabled. They're on the field. They can barely move the ball a half a mile an hour. Um, and they're horrible. And we're like, ha look at that. They, they, we could just strip the ball from them. Look at that terrible play. You could, could totally pick them off there. And we're busy, like, making fun out of it, right? But the thing is, there is no other competing team on that field. And, in fact, the few times they do get on the field, they take the ball and run it in the end zone for them. Right. So no matter how lethargic they are and how impotent they are, and again, the analogy here to the impotent football team is 
the inability of the Democrat Party to sell their extremism to the American people, it will now sell. But if you don't get on that field, by hook or by crook, they will get in the end zone, meaning they get their policies, either Republicans enacting them or the courts enacting them, and our guys go along with it. So my point is, yes, we could crush these people, so go do it. But instead, what it's doing is the opposite. It shifts the Overton window to the left, like you mentioned. A lot of our guys are calling Tim Ryan and Governor Bullock from yeah. Montana and John, De- John right. Delaney from Maryland a moderates. When That's like Barack calling the Mensheviks Obama, the moderates versus the Bolsheviks, right? Yeah. yeah, they're No, I'll tell you what they are. They're not Bill Clinton, 90s Democrats. They're Barack Obama, 2008 Democrats. John right. Delaney was, was saying that. He's like, look, I'm, I'm an Obama guy. What's wrong with Obama? These guys are light years nuttier than o- Obama was. So, you know, instead it just makes us happy with, hey, endless debt. Um, you know, RNC puts out press release, socialism and open borders. But what a Republican administration is doing is a socialist budget and open borders. So, I mean, I don't know what to say. And then one other point, Steve, is this. I know a lot of people, a lot of friends of ours was looking at the debate stage and are like, holy smokes. I'm sure glad these guys have no power now and can't get elected. We're screwed. Well, I got news for you. Every day, a district judge enacts what they could never do, even if they had 435 members. Mm -hmm. And let's say the Democrats had that. They would face a reprisal beyond belief. Here, they get it for free. No one even knows about it. Just two days ago, you know, a district judge, we talk about Medicare for all. A district judge declared Medicaid for all. So even though statute allows HHS to sign off on states having some sort of work requirements, you know, that's like we fight for 20 years to enact that and we can't do it on a federal level. But a couple of red states are doing it. Guess what? Done. One one guy named James Bosberg. No one will ever hear of him. Democrats. Do you you know how much leverage they would need to get that enacted? They get it for free. So I'm just saying, Steve. Why aren't our colleagues focused on the daily GOP debate in the executive branch agencies and in the Senate? Let me put a finer point to back up what you just pointed out. Uh, you mentioned the debate you were watching last night in the Senate over the, the this budget scam. The, the Tea Party that launched the Republican Party back into power after Obama's 08 route, by, by the end of Obama's term, that movement before it was completely co-opted by grifters, uh, that movement annihilated the Democratic Party nationwide. When, when Donald Trump took over in January of 2017, there were fewer Democrats in elected office than at any point in time. This is, Barack, this is the legacy of Barack Obama in the, in the Democratic Party. Uh, he, when he left office in January of 2017, there were fewer elected Democrats in office nationwide, state legislatures, U.S. Congress, Governor Mansions, and of course, the White House, than at any point in time since 1928. Why is that a key year? That's the year before the Great Depression, before FDR rose to power with a new deal and essentially reset the Electoral College map for the Democratic Party, which had been uh, in, in retreat because it was known as the racist party of Reconstruction post-Civil War. All right, so that's historic levels of lowness. And that was the final, the final verdict of 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 the of the of the uprising that the Tea Party sparked, and what they're doing up there right now, what you're describing, is they're killing off 
whatever was left of it that the grifters hadn't already exploited and picked apart. But the, the, the spirit of it, it still remained. They're ending that now for all intents and purposes. And, 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 and this is a big difference between Republicans and Democrats in general. Now, this is an observation Rick Santorum made a couple of years ago, and I think it's one of the smartest observations uh, I've heard the last few years, Daniel. And he said that if the Democrats had it to do all over again, the, 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 the foot in the door, the camel's nose under the tent that Obamacare gave them in taking a giant step forward towards destabilizing the system to then justify the single payer they have wanted to the 60s. If they still would have known in 2009 how it would decimate their ranks politically, they'd have done it anyway. And that's the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Republicans don't have any long, long-term goals. They have one goal, just get reelected. And, and, and in our industry, that's a difference between the, the, the left media, uh, left American media and the what's left of America media is we're, you know, we're out here parsing Rasmussen polls when Scott Rasmussen hasn't worked at his own damn polling firm for five years. All right. Uh, Trump's at 50% in the Rasmussen poll. Great. Yeah. And then somehow we just saved America with that. They're out there, uh, you know, doing Antonio Gramsci's long march through the institutions. And I think that's, that's a major difference and, and they're never going to beat him running on this stuff in 2020. Unless, I mean, the economy can't just even falter. It's got a flat line for him to lose to this. But, but, you know, if you're one of those 69, because the average age of a Fox News viewer is 69 years old. If you're one of those 69-year-old grandmothers who just watch Fox News all day in the nursing home in between Pall Malls and Shuffleboard, all right? And, and you can't get enough of Mark Rich conspiracy theories. And, and you know, you'd, you'd let Donald Trump do things to you. You wouldn't let, haven't let your husband do to you in 30 years, all right? If you're in that crowd and you're thinking, this Americans will never go for this. I'm here to tell you, they're never going to win on the left running on this stuff in 2020, but at 2028, 2032. Yeah, they are because we're facing a demographic winner. If we don't start getting serious about winning some of these arguments against them, your thoughts. No, exactly. It, it's, it's the demographics and embodied in this immigration issue beyond belief, which we're selling our lifeline today. And then also just the Overton window because <clears throat> They're always on display promoting a 10 and Republicans rail against the 10 while agreeing to everything from one to nine until they start agreeing to 10 because the left is pushing 11 and 12 and on and on and on. Look, as we're speaking, you know, what? an amazing thing, even with the Heritage Foundation gone, I mean, it's pretty much done, even with conservative review being the only one focusing on this budget bill, still Mitch McConnell they were supposed to have voted right now, midday, Wednesday, on this budget and debt ceiling betrayal and immigration betrayal. It might go to Thursday. They're getting embarrassed. See, they have the votes, every Democrat, plus just the leadership guys, the GOP will give you the votes. But they didn't want to get embarrassed and have like you had in the House where a majority of the Republicans vote no against a Democrat budget bill while they have the Senate and the White House and the veto ban. OK, so they're trying to get. What is it? 27 Senate Republicans. And a lot of them don't want to vote for it. Could you imagine if right now all of the energy and the unicell Teletubby uh, hot takes, you know, from our side on oh, the Democrat, this the Democrat, that when you cannot influence them, nor do we have any need to pick their outcome. They're radical no matter what. They could train their firepower if Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh right now would hone in on this and say, 
what the hell? You have two months left to government shutdown, and you're giving away, not for like three months or five months, two years worth of debt. No, Rush actually said this was a brilliant move. Yeah, no, no, exactly. A brilliant move. We have, like, let me just give you an example. We could go into the 50 million egregious policies DHS is doing at the border and not doing in the courts. But one thing we do need no matter what, if you're going to spend money, is ICE funding. Right now, ICE has, they just announced over 55,000 people in detention. It's a record. They've never had that many people. And that's how they have to release people. We need ICE funding. So at least you're going to be like, look, Department of Education, 20% more than under Obama. HUD, 18% more than under Obama. I mean, you name it, anything, you guys get it. Democrat voters, dependency programs, welfare. Hey, if we're going to spend ourselves into oblivion, can we have like, you know, a couple hundred million more for ICE detention space and repatriation of uh, child molesters? Um, No, no, nothing. And let me give you one more thing that embodies the Republicans. I was in the middle of writing my column on the latest illegal alien sex offender. And Steve... I just saw from Bride, Girls Not Brides, it's an organization, over 50% of rural Guatemalan girls from the Mayan tribes, which is where they're coming from, that's what we're getting now, are married under 18, often significantly under 18. Do you ever think about that means someone has to, had to have had sex with them? And they note that the guy is usually seven years older. So you're not missing anything. It's not like, oh, there's a lot of criminals coming in. That's, there are a lot of criminals coming in. But this is worse. We're bringing in a pervasive culture where they don't think there's anything wrong with this. These people are being released. So as I was writing that column, this guy caught in Louisiana, there was another guy arrested, illegal alien arrested for child molesting and child porn, um, 100 counts, by the way, uh, in Louisiana. And the thought crossed my mind, man, if I were Senator Bill Cassidy, right, I, I would just like crush it on this. I would stay in the entire August giving speeches on this, passing legislation, sanctuary cities. Guess what Bill Cassidy, the senator of Louisiana, was doing? Putting the final touches on the next entitlement, Ivanka Care. Mm. So what's going to happen when you sign off is I'm going to get emails from people. You're depressing me. You're telling me we have no hope. And I don't, it's not my job to engineer outcomes for people. I've told them that. I mean, you know, no, we have a I, lot of hope. But but how would you answer that? Steve, the reason why I'm so negative, look, if I thought we lost the country, I'd give up on this. I feel a sense of urgency precisely because of the way we started this segment. Precisely because we have a team on the field that cannot score if we would ha- naturally check their plays and get on the field. They cannot. I mean, I think we all agree, all sides. You look at their, they cannot help themselves. They cannot control. Three guys on stage said, guys, you got to control yourselves. And they were like, no, we're not going to control ourselves. But all I'm asking for is just basic 80-20 issues. And we give the strategies every day. We give the messaging. We give what Trump should be doing. If other people would join us, it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to lose the country this way. Eventually, we continue down this path where we let in um, the entire Mayan tribe. Well, then, yeah, they'll have a permanent majority. But even even now with the fundamental transfer transformation, Steve, we could win this. I mean, don't you want to win? Just, just two issues. Just one issue. One issue. That's all I ask. Just immigration. OK, just just that one thing. We all agree Trump was elected on that. 
Just let, let's get back to the level of Obama's administration. That's all I ask. No, that's too much. Daniel, they have control of the House. Well, didn't we have control of all three for two years? Well, we didn't have 60 votes. Well, there's a district judge. Oh, and Steve, there's one other thing. There's the next tranche. So eventually when Democrats become so radical and we get 535 members of Congress, the president, and all 94 district courts, guess what? Now the foreign courts get to decide. The Guatemalan court is about to nullify the asylum deal. I can't believe we're sitting here. on. I can't believe we tried round one of working with Guatemala to secure our own border. And, and now we even, I couldn't believe we tried round one and now we're trying round two. I mean, it's just... Steve, it's Steve. utterly ridiculous. It, it's 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 a it's self parody is what it is. Do you have, do you have another minute? Let me see. That's about what I've got. Okay, a minute. Um, it's gotten so bad now at the border that so when they take the kids and interview them, they say that this is not my father. So now that's incentivized again, fifty percent pop population that's prone to have sex with minors to bring in infants. Infants. Senator Langford said this at a hearing yesterday. Now they're more and more bringing infants. Because they can't talk and contradict that. Our government believes that a bastardized court opinion flipping statute on its head is a greater suicide pact than what we would accord to a constitutional provision. The right to bear arms shall not be infringed. But of course, if it's a public safety, you could regulate it. The right to invade our country, including pedophiles, shall not be infringed. Mm. Daniel Horowitz, good to see you. Way to bring the woe and lamentation as always, my friend. Take care. Pleasure doing it. Take care. Got a little bit of time left, gentlemen. You have any thoughts? Well, he's he's dead on. I mean, they, they, I, like I said, I, Elizabeth Warren is right to just totally embrace her base and do what she said. But when he said, uh, our point is that that, that's, that can't win at this point if we are, we don't have to be even a great team. We just actually have to be, a, a, this is a football team. And that will win at this point. And it's just a matter if we want to be that or not. He's dead on. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, that's, it is depressing. It, it, I mean, it is. I, but at the same time, if we have enough people sometime who are just, who actually wake up, that's what we're trying to do every day. If At some point, things could change instantaneously if people just wake up to what's happening. Because then they'll demand something different. We're going to stick around and do some overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow right here, live and on demand on The Blaze. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On The Blaze Radio Network.